Era, era, two heels in a face. Uh, thanks for listening to this episode of the two heels. <laughs> Let me take a sip. Salud. Is anybody drinking anything? I am. I'm drinking a big wave again. I, I just got back from the gym. I'm drinking water. Oh, look at you. Yeah. You should be wearing the sleeveless. I should. Um, <laughs> I'm jealous, actually. <laughs> thanks for listening to this episode of Two Years in a Face Wrestling Podcast. Uh, today's episode, we're getting back uh, back to a little bit of, of talking about some of the local Chicagoland shows. Obviously, if you follow our podcast, you probably hear a lot about them. Episode um, 201. Episode 201. Wow. We're over 200 episodes. Um, we're still doing our thing and uh, have had, I think uh, looking back on the total, I tweeted it out, but I think we've covered like post and pre, I think maybe 14 or so warrior wrestling episodes within that 200. Um, but we're going to chunk. I think so. Yeah. We're I, like 7% of your entire catalog. <laughs> and, and uh, obviously you have a show coming up called sweet 16. It's not your 16th show though. Right. It is. It is your 16th show. Yes. Okay, cool. Um, that is a lot of shows. <laughs> I can't believe we've gotten this. You've gotten this far. I mean, I, I can. Remember. Yeah, you guys were the first podcast that I did. And I remember I was recording it on the phone in my office at Marion before the very first show we did. And that was the podcast where you guys are like, this can't be real, right? Like, yep. what is going on with this? And that was three years ago. One, two, three and a half years yeah. ago. That's insane. That was the Alberto del Rio show, right? Yeah, it was February yeah. of 18. Well, congrats. I mean, yeah, I don't know you. what what the milestone, if there's like, you're, you know, you're going to reward yourself for 20 or 25 or like well, how milestones work. But I mean, you're going. Yeah. You know, this one, it just kind of fit. It was our 16th show and it's happening on the 16th. And it's the first one out of the, I mean, we're still in COVID, but out of the outdoor COVID string of shows, coming yep. back to an on-purpose indoor show. And it was like, all right, well, do we go back to the numbers? And we were like, well, it's our 16th show. It's happening on the 16th. Let's go back to the numbers. Let's call it Sweet 16. All right. Well, yeah, ha- I guess a happy uh, Sweet 16 then. Um, Thank you. I hope you, you know. So is there going to be like a moon bounce there? Uh, <laughs> I, you know, that's a really good idea. I should look into that in the next four days. There will be a whole bunch of balloons that are left okay. over from the homecoming dance three weeks ago. I see. What about like a petting zoo? That's more of a, maybe your eighth, eighth or tenth birthday. Yeah, that's, or, that's, yeah. like I don't that's know about childish, that. Childish, Charlie. <laughs> that's childish. <laughs> I, I went to one of my weddings this year was near Ottawa, and next to the liquor store was a petting zoo. I shit you not. I can't think of what the town was called. Um, Utica, maybe. Okay. And I thought about going, I thought about just cracking a seltzer and going in the petting zoo and hanging out for, for like 15 minutes. And uh, I, would that have been weird as like a 31 year old man? I think I'm it was sure. intentional. The fact that the, the zoo is right next to the, the liquor store. Yeah. Yeah. It was just a lady <laughs> with a trailer, like running a petting zoo out of the trailer next to the liquor store. Like she's just an entrepreneur. That's a, that's an entrepreneur right there. Yeah. Drunk goat petting. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Better than cow tipping, right? Yeah, yeah, well, it yeah. depends. <laughs> okay, it's Never. safer for the animals. <laughs> right, we don't want Peter yeah. to censor us, right? <laughs> right. Right, right. So, 
Um, no, I want to fight with Peter. Let's let's take this fight. <laughs> tip it. This, this is the hill we're dying on. Switch sixteen, Steve versus Peter. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So it, it, it was intentional, right? Like October sixteenth, or it was like when I was like, oh, this is the date, and wait, this is our sixteenth show. So totally honest with you, we we looked at the fall. We're like, we want to do a show in the fall, and this happens to be our school's fall break. It is at least a week after I've been back from my honeymoon. It is Notre Dame's bye week. And so everything just kind of fell into place. We're like, what if we did a show this weekend? It seems pretty good. And, um, and honestly, this was the date Bret Hart could do. So we were in talks with mm-hmm. Bret Hart and uh, kicked a few dates around. And uh, Bret's guy was like, yeah, Saturday the 16th of October works perfectly. And that's what we've done, not for all of our shows, but for a lot of them, we've figured out what date works for the person or people that we really want to have there right. and then built around that. So um, that's, re- that's really what, what put the tent pole in the ground was when Bret Hart said yes, we've done. That's the date. Yeah. Has Undertaker gone back to you about any dates? or No. Uh, wow. Well, he pulled himself. So he pulled himself off of taking dates after like a week uh... in, in 2019. He, he publicly said he's going to do signings and autographs for like a week. WWE got wind of it, swooped in and signed him to a new exclusive deal. And he uh, canceled the three things he had booked. The one was a, was a, uh, like a Comic-Con in England. The other one was the star cast in Vegas. He pulled mm-hmm. out of that. So he never actually did any bookings outside of WWE. I see. I see. But we I, mean, I wouldn't be surprised. That went up. <laughs> Wouldn't be surprised. There's a whole new pool of talent that we can see in upcoming Warrior shows. Like Steve does not limit himself. He tops the bar every no. single time. Like whenever I think I'm like, oh, okay. Like you have, I mean, a stacked card as it is, but there's always that one or two people. Um, like even when you brought the, the the luchador Atlantis and you know Guerrero, like to me, it's like, you don't often see those people either, right? Like, so I was like, holy shit, like, this is great. But then you also had McFoley in that show. It's like, holy shit. And then, like, you just keep going on and on and on. And now we land on Bret Hart. It's like, okay, Steve, like, I, I don't I don't know. If, like, Charlie said initially, I don't know if there's a milestone that you're trying to hit. But, like, it just feels like it's just the, the train is it's, it's full of steam. Yeah. And, and, you know, at some point we will run out of the giant names um i think maybe not i don't know maybe but (laughs) we're trying to do a combination of using the best workers that we can get our hands on bringing up new talent that we really believe in that we think is special and then pairing it with those big headline names and um we've just been lucky you know Uh, i saw eric briefly signed on and signed off so we'll see if he jumps back on again in a sec right classic yeah classic eric zoom in zoom out um, he and I always joke that we are like Captain Jack Sparrow at the beginning of Pirates of the Caribbean, where he's standing on the ship and it's going down and he just happens to like lift a leg and steps off onto the dock, dock and walks. He's just that lucky. Right. That yes. Lucky. I love those. I love those, uh, the, those movies so much. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, Eric, sorry, you uh, you need to take the jersey off the wall if we're going to continue this episode, please. It's Packer Week. You're doing this to me on Packer Week? I mean, I do this to you every week. You just don't notice. <laughs> <laughs> I get to see it now, though. You know, I get to see it. And 
I don't want to see it. It's okay. It's a Hall of Fame quarterback ago, so it shouldn't hurt as much. <laughs> Do you prefer Rodgers? Yeah, you got I, your pick of Hall of Fame QBs. Don't worry. I got uh, I got Rodgers on the other wall. Okay. Well, yeah, hopefully in about 15 years, we'll have a number one with Fields uh, 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 framed in a, in a jersey. But uh, that's to be decided, I guess. It's better for football if you do. Uh, even as a Packer fan, I will say football is better when both the Bears and the Packers are good. Yeah. The Arlington Bears, you mean? Yes, yes, the Arlington <laughs> The Arlington, would they even, would they, they'd keep Bears, right? I mean, like, because Cubs yeah, they, is already taken. They would keep the full name. They would keep yeah. the full name. I think the, the yeah. takeaway Chicago thing was an, was an empty threat in 03 when they updated Soldier Field. Now now the city of Chicago is like, we're broke. Get the hell out of here. We don't, yeah. <laughs> the Chicago Land Bears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we were just talking about how many souls it's going to take to get Undertaker to, uh, to come to um, Marion Central. Or Marion. Did I say that wrong? wrong? Yeah, he's Marion Central's in Woodstock, dude. You, oh, you God, sorry. I wasn't... I played that would explain the, why you miss so many shows if you're no, in Marion you know, Central. <laughs> 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 no, it's because I was getting my ass kicked uh, on the field by a guy named Brian Bulaga, who I'm sure you're familiar with, who went to Marion Central Catholic. And I've seen him. He's destroyed me, uh, and he's destroyed many of my friends in, uh, when we when we played each other, so... That's uh, that name is ingrained into my brain, but um, yeah, Bret Hart. That's cool. Is it not? <laughs> yeah, that, that's super cool. I remember. Um, so I don't know how much of the backstory Steve said, but this was something that uh, Go for it. we've been working on for a while. Um, this was actually set in motion pre pandemic. Um, and, you know, given just the, the situation that the world found itself in, it was prudent to, to press hold you know, to wait um, till the, till everything was right, or at least more things were right. Um, I mean, even some things as simple as like international travel weren't even a possibility not that long ago. So um, we've been sitting on it for a while and we're, we are thrilled that it, it came to fruition because there was a while where we didn't know if it was going to, you know, happen at all. And here we are just a couple days out and we're thrilled. Yeah. We're excited about the show. We want to get because because we haven't speaking of missing shows, we haven't seen a few. Um, and so, like, how, can you summarize the uh, Steve? We'll start with you. Can you summarize how the shows uh, this summer went? And uh, I did watch this. I did watch. Um, we did watch a handful of matches from Switchblade, so I can I can pick out a few highlights from there. Some stuff that talked out to me. We streamed those. Um, but with the show, the other stadium series before that, uh, can you summarize uh, your takeaways from that? Yeah, it was a lot of fun. You know, I think we, we put out a survey to people like a month ago after the, the third show. And we said, what was your favorite moment of the summer? What was your favorite match of the summer? And um, people loved Frank the Clown showing up in a helicopter. Yeah, and, I forgot about that. And people loved Lance Archer throwing Frank the Clown off the bleachers. <laughs> and, and those were both um, moments that we that took a lot of ideas and planning to, to engineer. But um, we wanted to embrace the space if we're going to be outdoors what can we do to make it and the airspace literally (laughs) and so last summer we had the uh frank and robert ego anthony versus joey janela match which culminated in summer in a swanton bomb off of the the goalpost goalpost. and it's like well how, how do we top that and then we a lot of ideas were discussed and we said what if frank lands on this football field in a helicopter 
awesome. And then how do we write Frank off for the summer? What if Lance throws him off the top of the bleachers? And there's a lot of like, well, that's insane. Yes, it is. And how do we make it happen? Um, so that's, you know, that's what was the fun part. In addition to a lot of amazing wrestling matches, being able to use the environment to do something worthy yeah. of being out in a football field. How, how did you have to get that cleared with like, how many, how many, was there red tape involved in a flying, a hel- landing a helicopter on your field? It was not <laughs> as bad as you'd think. So okay. you, you need a letter uh, from, if you're going to land on private property, you need a letter from the owner or proprietor uh, giving the helicopter company permission to land. Um, and you need to alert local police, fire, etc. cetera. Um, that's basically it. Really? Frank yeah. the cl- Clown really just like upping himself throughout the summer, throughout all these shows. Like, because I remember he, like, initially he came in and in, what was it, a golf cart? And that was pretty cool. But then he came out in that like luxurious sports car, which that was cool. And then I like, then we get the helicopter and it's like, I mean, he, he's definitely, you know, making a highlight reel for himself at warrior. I think, I think he personally challenges himself with every show. Like he, he's aware, uh, very much aware of, of that. Exactly what you, what you're talking about, how every show there's just, there's just something different, whether it's upping the game or last summer, you know, taking, <laughs> taking moves off the getting, you know, pile driver through a table off the the ring from Joey Janela, you know, down to, so pe- people may not know this. Frank is not a big fan of heights. So when, when we actually first pitched this idea to him, he was like 90% in and he was like, well, wait a second, wait a second. Like, how high is it going to go? Like, I'm not repelling down, am I? And we're like, no, no, we'll land it. We'll land it. But like, I mean, he he is in for anything and everything. It, it's one of the reasons why it's so much fun to work with him. Uh, every crazy idea we pitch to him, he's ready to take it, you know, three steps further. Uh, and and he is well aware of the the various gimmicks and antics that he's done over the last couple shows. And um, it's one of the reasons why I, I'm excited to see what he comes up with next. Yeah. Our last, our last, not our last episode, our, our 199th episode was with Craig Mitchell, who I'm sure you guys are familiar, is a local guy. I'm sure you guys are familiar with him. Um, and he, yeah, he, everyone summarizes Frank. Uh, I think everyone, I think, understands why Frank is on shows. But I think the way he said it is really good. He said, you hate him so much, you watch him so closely. And like, I don't think anyone has ever said it that maybe intuitively before, or like used, use that way of saying it. Um, not that you needed to not be aware of a helicopter coming like from the sky, obviously, but like, um, I, yeah, I don't know. Like the, he's, or he was already a, a draw before that, but then like, you just want that good heat. Yeah. You're just trying to see what he wants to do, what he's going to do next because you're just waiting to get that fix of him getting smashed. So you're just like following him until that happens. Yeah. I, I, will I say think this. our, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say uh, on, so in June, he came in the helicopter in July, they fought Archer at the fan fest in July. Frank, the clown had a line 40 or 50 people deep buying pictures or buying pictures, uh, taking pictures, buying t-shirts, like people want to boo him, but then at fan fest, they want to go meet him. And yeah. that is, the perfect description of somebody who is over and who is good at what they do. Yeah. 
Yeah, I was going to say, when, when he came in and landed uh, back in that June night in the helicopter and came out, there was, there was this weird moment where, like, the fans turned on him, but, like, not turned on him negatively. They were, like, cheering him on for doing that. And it was kind of this weird juxtaposition of, like, wait a second, no, that's Frank. You're supposed to boo. You're, you're yeah. supposed to be booing right now. But I think that's where, you know, th- there was, like, a split second where, you know, the crowd showed their true colors that, like, they love to hate him. Mm-hmm. And what he had done was just so cool in that moment. Like, how do you not cheer for this? And then Frank being Frank cut a great promo and immediately got the heat right back on him. Um, but, like, there, I remember there was just this weird moment of, like, no, he's not our baby face. Why are you cheering him? But I think it's just because, like you said, people people love to hate him. Yeah, you guys turned him. I, I mean, everything we associate with what, with like pop cult, like helicopter means like you got a lot of money. And like if you arrive in it, it means like you're cool. Like that's something The Rock would do, I feel like. He just did something The, the Rock would do. So I think that automatically, like our brains just associate good feelings with him when you do that. So. Yeah, that may be cool. the highest praise Frank has ever gotten. <laughs> Don't tell Frank that, please. Don't let uh, him hear this. Uh, maybe we should. Cl- yeah, I'll cl- I'll clip a few videos and I'll and I'll send it to him. Um, uh, the 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 uh, the Switchblade series. Um, sorry, Chris, you were going to say something. Yeah, uh, you're mentioning the that that last show, uh, the Switchblade. Mm-hmm. That show was intentionally supposed to be part of the outdoor shows correct and that correct. got last minute or th- throughout the day you guys were monitoring the weather and took it back inside into the the gymnasium how was that um i mean that that couldn't be an easy call because i think like even under covid regulations was a little like do we you know bring everybody inside do we not like and then you know what was planned out for the show like how was that impacted yeah, I mean, speaking of COVID, I think we had about a dozen people that asked for a refund and weren't comfortable going inside. And we made that very clear up front mm-hmm. when we made the call. Hey, if you're not comfortable, just let us know. You get your money back. No harm, no foul. Right. Um, so we knew that would happen. Um, and, and, you know, as we talked about it that day, we tried to retain as much of the outdoor feel as possible. So we told everybody, bring your coolers, bring your lawn chairs. We didn't pull any bleachers out. We didn't do the lights or anything. It was just the same thing as you'd be on the football field, but indoors. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was um, not, it, obviously we didn't want to, um, mm-hmm. but we actually, we had, we had tempted fate the summer before um, with that <laughs> second show. And we, we did get a rain delay mid show. And um, the, the, actually, I, I remember the very first match after the rain delay was uh, TJP and Alex Shelley. And um, I remember them putting on a clinic in that match and and speaking to them afterwards about it. And um, they said that they, you know, they had a completely different match called. They, they had a completely different style, but, but, you know, after the rain, the ropes were wet, the mat that we, we changed out the mat, but it was still like the water was like literally seeping up through the bottom. And um, it was, it was one of those things where, not only do we want the best fan experience, but we also need to keep in mind the the safety of our performers, right? And and that is something that had it rained again, I would not have felt comfortable um, doing that again. You know, the, the first time we didn't know necessarily if it was going to rain back and forth, we rolled the dice, you know, came up snake eyes. But this time we said, let's just take the dice out of the equation. 
let's provide the best possible scenario that we can for both our, our fans and our performers. And, um, and from a, you know, from a COVID standpoint, that gym, I don't think, you know, we realize just how big that gym is and what the, the, um, population, or I guess like the, the number yeah, of people the that could fit in out, there. It's, yeah, once the it's huge. Up, it's, it's huge. Yeah. Yeah. And so like Steve said, handful of people uncomfortable, totally fine. Um, but the people who were there seemed to enjoy it. So I think we kind of got the best of both worlds that day. Awesome. Um, yeah. So the switchblade, sorry, I'm plugging in my, my computer. Um, thanks for, thanks for explaining that. And then I'm assuming that just touching briefly, I'm assuming that week 16, it will be masks and same thing. Some kind of the same thing. Yeah. So right now, I mean, Cook County is under a mask mandate. So you, yeah. anything indoors is masks. Um, that includes FanFest and the show. Um, and so we just, we follow what the guidelines are, period, end of story. Yeah. Is Great. it bring your, your lawn chairs as well, or these are assigned seats? No, we'll have um, ringside seats and bleachers. It, it, this okay. is back to a normal show. Okay. Well, what if someone has inflatable furniture? Is that allowed? Those are all, always welcome. <laughs> always welcome. Great. But most likely to be popped by someone during the show. Okay, cool. <laughs> awesome. Oh, yeah. Somebody's going to get slammed through that if you bring that. Just <laughs> a fair warning. In fact, I am now putting that out as a challenge to all listeners. <laughs> You bring a blow-up couch, and we'll put a wrestler through it. There we go. Bright green or bright pink, preferably. Correct. I don't even know. if Are those still being made? Do people still have those, you think? I mean, in their garage, maybe? Maybe. I don't know. They still exist. They still exist. Okay, cool. Um, speaking of the, the Switchblade series, uh, last show, there were some matches that stuck out to us. I want to touch on them quickly as a brief, brief recap. I really enjoyed uh, Warhorse versus Beastman. Really enjoyed that. I didn't understand exactly what Warhorse was trying to do. He's trying to like run under Beastman, right? Like charge under him. Um, did, I, did, I, did you guys? Did you guys film help fill me in there on what they were trying to do? Like at the start of that match. I have no idea. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it was. They were doing some kind of choreographed thing but it just ended up Beastman just got headbutted in the balls that was the result of it well that actually was an offensive move uh for crude Beastman. but effective yeah his his balls are actually <laughs> primordial stones from the <laughs> Mesozoic Rock era yeah yes exactly also it's probably because he eats all those dinosaur eggs i think that do that correct correct and all the bone the, the, that bone that he chews on backstage yes yes um, I thought they played off each other really well. I just think like if you're in there with Beastman, you can do some really interesting things. Um, like every time, every time he like fell flat on his ass, like the camera who was like, I don't know how the camera was filming. If the guy was like standing on the apron or he was just through the ropes, it just like shook like this. So you really felt, I don't know if that was on purpose either, but you really felt the effect. No, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not body shaming here. I think <laughs> Beastman, I'm, so I don't want it to seem like that. But when Beastman's do, running around like he's John Tenta as the earthquake, you know, and doing like those type of moves and the camera shakes, I think it, it puts a really good effect on it. I think Beastman was so full disclosure at full curtain pulled back. Beastman, we booked first in our Spartan Stadium stampede scramble match where we just wanted a bunch of ridiculous characters. And, and Beastman is a friend of Sam Adonis. And, and Sam had recommended him a few times before that show. We just didn't have anything that fit. And honestly, this, my bias and my ignorance, I was like, I don't know if that character, like I didn't know him well. He stole the show in that match. 
And then you, you, he's the nicest guy on God's earth. And so we were using him more and more and more. And, and then, you know, we came around to the fact that this guy's special, right? Like it's not just his size. Cause there's a lot of big dudes out there whose shtick is I'm a big dude, but beast man has the charisma, has the presence. Like you said a moment ago, there's a lot of special stuff you can do with him in a match. Mm-hmm. And he does all of that and a whole bunch of other things you didn't think of either. He's really a special presence of a performer. Yeah. And not just presence and performer. I mean, the guy can go. Like it, there, there are there are things that he does every match that make you just like sit back and go like, I don't know if Newton thought this was possible. <laughs> just just the, <laughs> the, the way that, that was- I mean... That was such a teacher. You guys are such teachers. Well, I mean, like, the, the, like just the, the physics of some of his, uh, his his dives, his jumps. I mean, like, we, I, we, I'm sure I've told you this story before. In that Spartan Stadium Series scramble, whatever it was, there was that spot where where Matt Nix was left alone to to catch a dive by the Beast Man. Yeah, and and he came in, and it, I mean, it just looked. Oh God, poor Matt. And you know, talking to him better afterwards, he was like. It was it was the best dive I've ever caught. It, like it was so simple, I didn't even feel a thing. Like I mean, and, and it's stuff like that 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 allows Beastman to 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 really come to life and in his presence because he is so good at the wrestling, not just the character and the the the, the performance aspect of it. He can do things with that size that there are people half his size that can't. Ha- it's just not there yet. They're not as smooth as he is. And I think that that's, that's one of the things that makes him truly special. Yeah. And, and from them being opponents, now they're tagging in this upcoming show. Yeah. So yeah. that's... We had actually... The mutual so was, respect. Yeah. So this was kind of a coincidence. We had kicked around an idea of having them as a team at that August show. And we ultimately didn't go that way. We had them against each other. We had a lot of discussion about, do we want to go babyface, babyface? Do we want to have this team, different people, whatever? We said, we'll just have them clash. People love them both. No one will boo any of them. People just cheer all of them. Well, at the end of that match, they did the whole spot where Warhorse put on Beastman's, you know, skins mm-hmm. and Beastman fit into Warhorse's <laughs> vest and they like rocked out together. And, and little did they know in the back of our minds was, we want to use you guys as a tag team. And they yes. created this beautiful moment where we just went, well, there's the picture where we announce your tag team. <laughs> there you go. It's uh, so good. When the match showed how they can complement each other very, yeah. very yeah. well as well. So I'm, I'm really excited to see. You know, we've seen them going against each other, and in a very complementary way. I'm excited to see how they work together with that complementary skill set. So it should be. It's gonna. That one's gonna be a fun, amazing match. Yeah. Um, I, I thought obviously Thunder Rosa versus Kylie was really good. I don't understand some of the submissions. I don't know how they were like, they were pretzeling each other and like twisting and turning and things like that. Um, so I don't even know how, how Thunder Rosa just locked on the Kylie, like a, like a Anaconda at the end of it. And somehow she had her like upside down with her head between her legs and like wrapped up in something. And I didn't know if it was a pin or a submission from where I could see. I just, I heard the bell and ran out. And- I think Jeremy was like, thought it was <laughs> Jeremy the ref. We love Jeremy the ref. We're not, not, yeah. not poo-pooing him, but he, he was like, I think he thought it was a pin at first. And he's like, he was waving it off because her shoulders weren't down. And then he's like, Oh shit. And then like, she tapped out. Yeah. Like this also like, I mean, this was an, uh, a very awaited match. Like I think it got postponed a little bit. Um, and I mean, 
to Thunder Rosa's credit, like, and and I keep seeing her praises throughout, you know, the years, but seeing her in this match, and and of course I know she's doing stuff with AEW and such, but just seeing her in this setting and and comparing that to the Thunder Rosa, you know, I was experiencing years back, um, like she's just like she's grown so much, and and I'm just really really excited for her, and also this like, is getting worked up, I think. I mean, yeah. I really like I'm, I'm I don't know. I feel like like I feel proud of Thunder Rosa. But who am I to say that I'm proud of Thunder Rosa? Right. But just like seeing her and also like now she's your champion. And I like like that's mutual right there. Right. Like she's yeah. proud to be the Warriors women's champion, but also like Warriors should be proud to have her as the champion. We've been very blessed to. Um, and, and I don't think either of us, I, I, Eric can chime in in a second expected to get to a place where we felt in the same way that you just described, right? Mm-hmm. Like when Trey won the belt last year, uh-huh. like I got a little choked up and, and Zach ran up to me who's now Nash Carter in WWE. Zach was in the bleachers on the, like the staff side bleachers and he lost his mind and he ran up to me on the stage and he goes, can I go out? Can I please go out there? I said, yes, Zach, go. <laughs> and he sprinted out there because he didn't know to finish the match. And he just dove into the ring and tackled Trey. And, you know, that picture of Trey crumpled up with the belt and Zach wrapped around him, like, that gets me more than, like, family pictures sometimes. Like, (laughs) I don't know why. I I think it's because they're such good people, and we have the the blessing of being able to know them behind the curtain. So we can appreciate the hard work. We can appreciate the performance. But, like, Thunder Rosa is Mel, Melissa Cervantes. And, like, her being my champ, that's awesome. And Trey Miguel is Trey McBriar and he, the human as our champ. Oh, like that just, it's awesome. Yeah. And you guys just released the heart of a warrior. It just went up on YouTube uh, yeah. probably, you know, 30 minutes before we jumped on this call. So I was trying to plow through that and, and like that intro, that beginning, like of him becoming the champion, like that described that moment that you're talking about right now, Steve, like that, that entrance of like those, what, maybe 45 seconds worth of that video him becoming the champion and how that video kicks off it's great yeah well i think there's some is a correct me if wrong there's probably some Mex- mexican-american pride as well that you feel chris right oh yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, Rosa t- yeah. obviously has kind of come out with the the flag where the flags are combined and things like that so i'm sure that represents very well Right. And, uh, and also hearing her story about like why the half face paint to kind of represent the ancestors, kind of tying it all to the culture. Um, you know, of course, talking like like there's just so many layers of of Mel Thunder Rosa or, you know, like different characters she's portrayed over the years, but also knowing her as a person and and, and how like and just purely as a, as a wrestler on like when you see her wrestle, like and how she's progressed, it's like. It just makes me feel proud, but it's like, well, I'm, I'm just a fan watching and it feels good to see somebody that you've seen early on progress all the way through here. And, and when I say that, again, I talk about like, she's on national TV, but to me, the fact that she's part of warrior, a, you know, a company that you guys built and, and now has like international recognition, like, uh, and, and her being the champion and her being so close and, and we're able to, you know, go and see her wrestle, you know, at a gymnasium. Like, it, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, 
I have uh, so I thought Cole and Isaiah was really good. Um, it was like two. It was very. It was very fast. They were very fast. <clears throat> I don't know how we've talked about how crazy wrestling choreography is. This was one of those matches. Like, how are they choreographing all of this stuff? It was like I couldn't keep up with like. It was like when someone's really quick with their jokes and they, it comes to you like three, four or five seconds later. Like that's how this match was. I was like, ah, ah, ah. Uh, do you guys have any, any thoughts on this match, Eric or Steve? Yeah, I'll jump in real quick. Mm-hmm. Cole Radra. So we know how great Isaiah is. We've talked about Isaiah on this show for forever, right? Like yeah. Isaiah is just the ace of Chicago. What's so interesting about Cole Radrick is that he always does something you don't expect. So like, even if you've watched a ton of wrestling and you're like, oh, this guy's going to clothesline this guy here. And Cole does something different. Like he does something different with his body. Like he he moves in a way that is unique. And that's what I like about Cole as a wrestler. Like every time I watch a Cole Radrick match, I go, oh, oh, okay. Yep. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. I, I He's like, yeah. And he's like, he's just a wholesome, uh, like a wholesome guy, I think from Indiana. And like, I think that plays into him. It's just like, oh, gee, this guy's way more athletic than I think it looks when he's coming to the ring almost. Yeah, oh, I remember. <laughs> no, I I remember the he the first time he was on our one of our shows over the summer, uh, he he just walked right up to me on the football field in like like jeans, a t shirt, and a hat, mm-hmm. and and like I didn't recognize him right away. He he just he just he looked like everyone else who was there having a good time, holding right. setting up setting up the ring, and and you know, and I think that's also something like him and Isaiah. As you see the two of them, you know, walking down down the the aisle, you know, Meyer you don't look at them and think like, Oh, these, these two are, are like incredible athletes that can just go and, and, and just blow your mind yeah. in the ring. And then they get in there and it's almost like they, it's almost like they expect to be um, like underestimated. Right. Because mm-hmm. they, they went, they go in there. And like you said, it, it was almost like they had a chip on their shoulder every time they go in that ring and and maybe that's part of, of where that inspiration comes from that Steve was talking about to just to do something different, to play on the fact that you may not expect much out of me. And that means that I get to have that much more fun when I do what I know I can do. Um, and so to put two guys like that in the ring together who, who have a little bit of a, a chip on their shoulder, who have a little bit of th- this idea of like, I, I know you're going to underestimate me, which makes me want to just blow you away even more and i think that that's where some of that magic came from for that match yeah they're scrappers definitely they're scrappers scrappers or gym rats as as like i feel like commentators on on nfl sunday will say or that's more of a basketball term but that's like something used by people in the booth i feel like gym rats um uh they said about uh, cole radrick is that anytime you see him no matter who the opponent is when he's done with that match he looks like he gave you 110% in the ring. Like, and that's what like makes me want to follow his career, follow him where he's wrestling because he just, it just feels like he gave you, he gave you his all in yeah. that match, no matter if it's for a title or if it's a, a match that's going to kick off the show, whatever it is like that match, he just goes 110%. Mm-hmm. But he's also just one of the nicest, most positive dudes you'll ever meet too. I mean, you need you need a little bit of uplifting in your day. Just go check out his socials. He's always like yeah, seriously. Yeah. If, if you don't follow Cole, go follow him. He's always got something positive to say, no matter what. And that's it's just infectious to be around. Yeah, that might those two guys might make a decent tag team. I'll throw that one out there and let you let you guys ponder it in the future. 
together. Like they're they're both scrappy, like I said. Um, so uh, before ahead. you go into whatever you're gonna go into, Charlie, I, I really have to go into it. The Lucha Warrior Wrestling oh, title, yes. right? Yeah. So that was debuted this summer. Um, crazy match. Um, Arami's has you know been the champion throughout what three shows, I believe. Um, and I mean now upcoming, he's going against Ray Ores and Gringo Loco, but like just the chemistry alone with Aramis and, and, and Gringo is insane. Um, I was fortunate enough. I don't even know if you, if you guys know. I mean, doesn't really matter. But um, I translated the promos between Daga and and Aramis. Yep. Um, so like I thought even the fact that that you know whoever is you know producing orchestrating that like the fact that you guys gave them airtime and they, and they were willing to go ahead and create promos to build up the match, talk about their history. Like, I thought that was super, super cool. Bless you, Steve. That, yeah. <laughs> I was, I was waiting for the, Steve, Steve, was waiting. Steve was about to jump He's in I think, and then he caught a sneeze. A yeah. I, I was going to let Steve take the lead on that one, but then I saw him like do the uh, face. <laughs> <laughs> like, dude, I, I've got my zoom. Oh. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. No. I, I was, um, oh, go ahead. Go, Steve, uh, take uh, it away. Yeah. <laughs> um, I was just gonna say that is sneakily the build up to that. First of all, we had that match in mind when we knew uh, uh, Aramis was gonna win the title. Daga was the first defense. Mm-hmm. We knew that before we went into the June show where he was gonna win the title. We had talked to Daga in the spring, and um, he. Sorry, I just had to buzz in the dry cleaning guy. Um, Tell me something that was coming. Yeah. Oh, here he hung up on him. Just open the door for him. We, we knew that that defense was coming and we wanted to tell that story. Like, because Daga showed us a picture when we thought about putting that match together, it's the picture that ended up in a lot of those videos of like an 18 year old Daga and a 13 year old Aramis. Mm-hmm. And, and, and that picture just, Oh, like it just chokes you up. And so we wanted to build a story around that, that these guys were rolling around in a ring together when they were teenagers. And really Aramis was a tiny, was a kid, not even a teenager. And the build to that, I think was perfect. I thought the translation was excellent. I thought their promos were excellent. I thought Brian Lowry, who did the videos was perfect. And that match might be my personal favorite match of the year. It's not the match that got as many um, accolades from people, but the, if you watch that match, it was so good, so crisp. There were so many things that I'd never seen before. And it combined all of the crazy, incredible pageantry of Lucha and flying with a really great story and some really hard-hitting stuff. So I that I think I'm just gonna say it. That is my personal favorite match of the year. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that one. That it it was so and especially coming so immediately, like the show after that that big giant um war of attrition match where it was it was just you know nonstop people going all over the place to be able then to to have this completely different match style completely different opponent style and armies being able to shine in both and daga being able to shine i mean like it it was that 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 match is probably even and when you include the story behind it and like knowing the story behind mm-hmm. it and and um, before we even put that match together, we had, we had learned about their, their history together. And it was one of those things where, where when we first learned about it, we were like, let's store this in the back of our heads. 
um, because Aramis is amazing. He's going places. We want to keep working with him. Yeah. We've already been working with Daga. He's incredible. There, there's no one better out there. And it was one of those things where it was just like this, such an obvious pairing and given the history. And, but then when they get in the ring, you could see, you could literally see the passion that the two of them had not only for wrestling, but for wrestling each other. And I think that that is part of what was so magical and special about that match that the, the, and, and actually I, I remember talking to Aramis as soon as like, right after they, uh, they came through the curtain, um, that was one of the things that he said to me is I hope, I hope that the passion came across that both of us have. And, and I, I, I told him it absolutely did. Um, and so I, I, one of my favorites all time, let alone this year. Real quick backstage story. So Warrior 8 in February of 2020, the first time we had Aramis and Daga wrestled Gresham on that show. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric and I were, were doing stuff backstage as, as the show was going on, getting stuff set up. And, and Miguel, Daga, flagged us over. He said, guys, guys, come here. And he had Aramis like in a headlock and he said, I taught this boy to wrestle. He was this big. <laughs> he was 12 years old and he was telling stories and things. And that was the night that, that Eric just alluded to where later on that night we went, those two are going to wrestle each other here one day. That's sick. That's How great. old is Arami's son? He's young. Got to be young. Two, twenty? No, twenty-two. I think he's twenty-three. Yeah. Yeah, wow. he's twenty-three. That's sweet. No, I mean, uh, uh, the, uh, the your passion for that passionate match is, is showing, and thank you for. Uh, I didn't have that written down, Chris, but thank you for uh, for stopping uh, me and talking about that. That's awesome. Um, Real I quick, did, I want to highlight yeah, one thing. Uh, yeah, go that ahead. Match. So a specific spot that Eric and I have talked about before. Uh, Daga does a delayed vertical suplex into a DDT. I've never seen this spot before, and it was one of the most brutal and amazing looking spots I've ever seen. So if you guys rewatch that match, watch for that spot. It was perfection. Is it like a was it like a brain bust? Is that yeah. kind of like a brain buster? But a, like, does he fall he differently? Him, he puts him up like he's got him in a, a suplex or a brain buster. And then Aramis folds over in half. And Daga catches him and like halfway through, uh, like holds him for a second. Okay, okay, and okay. then falls into a DDT. Okay. Awesome. Sweet. Always, I mean, you got, yeah, sli- slightly varied, slight variations of stuff. Can re- It's just like, because we watch so much wrestling, I'm sure. So when something like that happens, it like pulls you back for a second, pulls you back in for a second. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. So I thought switch uh, Jay White and Sam Adonis was very crisp and like, they both look like professionals out there. They are professionals. This is professional wrestling, but just like how, like that was so fluid. It was just like seamless into the next thing, seamless into the next thing. Um, what'd you guys, what did you guys think about that? And, and Jay White, you know, it was a big name. I mean, you guys had a lot of AEW talent on this show, right? Uh, AEW, and then yeah, that show yeah. in particular. We we weren't able to um, to use a lot of our AEW guys uh, and gals on uh, the second show, I believe, the July show. They had a taping or a scheduling conflict, um, and so you know when we kind of looked at that last date in August, we were like, well, if we can't use them in July, you know, I mean, what what is a stadium series if Brian Cage is only on one show, right? So. Um, you know, and we, we kind of looked at well, well, who's available, who can we who can we get, um, who haven't we seen before, who you know is is up and coming and about to blow up, and um, 
it was we're we're very lucky to be able to work with with AEW uh, talent so so closely yeah. and so uh, seamlessly that yeah we had a lot of AEW presence on that show um, and it was uh, it was really cool. Yeah, I say that because I know Jay White's not AEW, but he's like uh, at that high caliber of a name I think in terms of coming New Japan coming from that promotion. Um, and uh, what did you, so the the crowd? I wasn't sure who the crowd was going to cheer for here. Uh, cause I know Jay White can get boo is, is able to do that. Who did you, how, how do you think, how do you guys think this match played out? It played out exactly as we hoped and exactly okay. as the two pros in the ring laid it out. Yeah. So that, I mean, again, total curtain pullback. We've been talking with Sam Adonis for a long time. Sam has been being turned babyface by our crowd. And right. so you've got a match where Sam's a heel and Jay is a heel in his promotion but he's cheered because he's cool and he's the big visiting star. Right. And they worked a match where by the end of it, Sam was the baby face and Jay was the heel. And then Jay yes. put the nail in the coffin because he's so damn good at what he does with that post-match promo right. or non-promo where he teased a promo, said, screw you guys and left. And then Sam did a promo and then the crowd was chanting for Sam Adonis and he walked out to an ovation. And so in that match, Everybody got what they wanted, and it was just so beautifully laid out by two pros. It's I think it's official now. Then so you get, like going forward, then Sam. Well, I gotta say, we'll talk about who he's facing. But like, do you consider him a baby, a full babyface anywhere? Sam would come out of the babyface tunnel if we were AEW. Okay, right, 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 right. awesome. Um, and then the, uh, I mean, uh, once like I'll start with Eric once again. Uh, Trey Miguel versus Jake something can. Can you summarize? Can you summarize this match before we get into the, the Sweet Sixteen card? That that match was was just um, brutal. I mean, it was it it how Trey survived uh, is still beyond me. Um, it was it was the end of a long night. It was hot in there. It was it it was a literally. A, I think I said this on the last show. He, Jake something is a mountain of a man, and. Um, to to be able to go and I I mean that match was what eighteen minutes or something I mean it was it it was a, a truly just a, a war back and forth and mm-hmm. I mean there I'm not gonna lie there were a couple times where I, I looked over at Steve and I was like I don't know if Trey can can like survive this <laughs> like, like I was worried for the dude right. and um you know the, and, but, the blood but, would be on your hands. <laughs> right, <A little> bit. <laughs> but you know, but but that that is that is also part of Trey. He, you know, and, and if you yeah. caught any of that in our uh, in the the video, the Heart of the Warrior, he talks about I want the best. I want throw me up against anything because I want to push myself to that limit. And and I think that that's what he did uh, in that match with with Jake. Something just a, a, a Jake's offense just never stopped. I mean, it was so difficult for Trey to get any kind of momentum going because as soon as he did. There was that that mountain of a man just to throw him to the ground again, yeah. and um, I, I think that that match spoke a lot to what the title of that the documentary is: the heart of a warrior. Right. The idea that that Trey is not the the biggest or or the strongest or the craziest or whatever, but he has he has more heart than than anyone else that we could put him up against, and I think that that is where. Um, he really shines in those kind of moments and um, being able to just keep getting back up and saying like, no, this is my belt. I'm not, I'm not giving it up. Like you, you can pry it from my cold dead hands at the end of the match, 
but anything short of that and it, this is mine and I'm keeping it. And yeah. that's what that match really kind of spoke to me about. Yeah. He doesn't feel it. Yeah. It's like in, in like the promos leading up to that, he's not intimidated because Jake something is a human. He's a human, right? They both lace up their boots. They both are able to bleed. Um, so like, he's not, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's intimidated by anyone. Uh, he's facing a different beast, which we'll get into, but, uh, Steve, how do you think, how do you feel about the, that Trey Miguel Jake something main event? I think like Eric said, you know, Trey got the crap beat out of him and and real quick, another pulling back the curtain moment. One of the boards in the ring came loose a couple of matches earlier and like one board stacked up on another for, so for those of your listeners and viewers who know a wrestling ring is basically steel beams with two by four slats across it. And the boards got stacked up on another. So there's a couple spots there where Trey took a power bomb on like a stacked angled board. Mm. And you could tell if you watch it back, Trey hits and he's just like, Jesus. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> you know, we talk about selling and wrestling. There was no selling needed. Trey got the crap beat out of him. In that yeah. Match. And he won and, and he submitted the monster. And that is who Trey is. And that is who we're trying to, to show the world that Trey is. Like, this guy is not going to quit. Yeah. Yeah, that was authentic, authentic emotion. Um, yeah, no, it was a really great show. And you guys pivoted really, really pivoted really well based on everything that was going on. Um, and then you're like, hey, let's book 27 matches for this next show, correct? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's it's the sweet 16. You gotta you gotta go it's big. 16, it's, it's, yeah. It's how many matches are you away from list. 16? Uh, well, we have, we have 10, we have 10 main show matches, Correct. which is, which is the, we've had 11 before, so it's not our biggest show. Um, oh. And then we have four that are happening during the festival and the festival's three hours this time. Um, so we, we want, we needed stuff to break it up. Right. So like the first hour we're going to show Bret Hart's greatest matches while you're waiting in line to meet Bret. And while the wrestling ring is being built, the second hour ish are going to be matches. The third hour is going to be some other stuff. So okay. that, that was part of like, just breaking up that day because if you're there for three hours you want to see other stuff absolutely yeah so yeah so logistically logistically uh fan fest they happen to the fan fest happening in a different room is that in the same room so you can watch both then it's in the big gym it's in the big gym okay pure logistical reason we have a volleyball tournament going on on saturday and Uh, so basically we the volleyball is going to stop at a certain time and move to the other gym and then we get into the big gym and so you can watch it all get set up as you're waiting to meet Brett because we'll be setting cool. it all up as you're waiting to meet Brett. Yeah, no, that's cool. You don't, yeah, no, having other, other things. So uh, we won't, we won't get into them, but I, uh, so names I see, uh, I would consider, I don't know if those are considered dark matches. Yeah. Sure. Um, yeah. Dark matches. Uh, Blair Onyx is in one. Trevor Outlaw is in one. This is for uh, Mark Wheeler's in one. Who we've seen at freelance before. Will Alday, who's really good, is in one. As well, those two are wrestling each other, Wheeler and Will all day. So, yeah, I mean, I this this also kind of feels like too, um, you know, you want to work in as many guy people as you can, top to bottom of this this gamut, and this is a chance for some people to still get some action, show you show you what's what they got, etc., and still get like a little warrior love, considering you have New Japan talent at the top of the card. So, I think it's kind of a cool concept. Yeah, we're excited. Yeah. Um, and that, yeah, so we talked about Brett, um, which is just, there's a, there's a lot more on your website now. 
Uh, shout out to to whoever made this info, made this infographic. With there's a, just a ton of stuff to look at. Um, um, let me just read off some stuff and stop me when you want to jump in. Does that work? Perfectly. Josh Alexander versus Calvin Tankman. Pause fight. Dudes who are gonna hit each other with forearms and throw meat around the ring. (laughs) Two trains going at each other. (laughs) Exactly. Sam Adonis versus Moose. So, so uh, Sam Adonis. Great match for Sam Adonis here. Yeah, another great one for him and someone. He's probably got. Uh, you, you think he's as tall as most? You, you can. Can they go? Sam I don't know. deceptively tall. I bet you they're yeah. both about six four legit. Yeah. 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 Um, I need so uh, so. Uh, I need some help with this yokai versus pretty popper match. Can you can you do some introductions here? Yeah. So um, so first of all, a note. So yokai is Janai Kai and Yoya, who are uh, an incredible duo. Janai is very martial arts based as is Yoya. Uh, Yoya is actually injured. He got injured this past weekend in GCW, okay. so we'll, we'll be announcing a replacement for him um, in okay. the coming days. And then Pretty Proper has been on our show before. They're awesome. Right. And uh, who are the two individual wrestlers again, just so Liz, uh, for Pretty Proper? Lady Frost and Victor right. Benjamin. Okay, cool. Cool, cool, cool. Um, Buddy Matthew, Buddy Matthew, who's Buddy Murphy. Yep. That's 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 awesome. Um, he's coming in versus Chandler Hopkins. Um, I'm not sure exactly who Chandler Hopkins is. Was he on your last show? Your yeah, he was. He was yes. in the GMSI. Um, he was the cowboy in the GMSI. So he's uh, he's okay. from Texas. Um, we got uh, introduced to him through our, our friends at uh, Pele Pro Wrestling down in Texas, and um, he really impressed us okay. in that uh, the GMSI and. Um, we see we see a bright future for him. He's he's got all the talent, gobs of, of charisma. Um, you know, sky's the limit for him. So so putting him in this this kind of a test early on, especially, uh, it'll be. It, I think this is one of those matches where, if there are people you know who maybe just weren't at the most recent show, they may not from from warrior perspective yeah. have ever been introduced to him before. It's one of those where you know you walk in going who, and then you walk out going oh my god you. <laughs> put that on his shirt <laughs> right <laughs> uh alex shelley versus who, i i know you guys how much you guys love him versus casey navarro um the aramis uh putting his title on the line looks like a triple threat right versus ray horace and gringo loco yep yes yes um <laughs> roxy yeah. versus laney luck is it your first time booking laney you guys sure is. Mm-hmm. okay yep. cool and um, she's going so this is going to be a t- uh, roh women's title matches is that correct the roh yes, women's world titles on the line oh damn oh is that the belt that is yep. being held my face just got really close to the camera um <laughs> davy richard versus ace austin um warhorse and beast man who are proud they're are they going to come up with like one of those nicknames where they just combine their names right we just call them beast horse beast horse that's beast what i'm saying <laughs> beast horse exactly uh versus dan the dad and kld and then trey miguel versus jonathan gresham so so trey miguel had to wrestle a gorilla in jake's and now he has to wrestle an octopus so he's just he's bear grills I think. Yeah, I mean, well, and that's and that's part of the challenge that Trey put out to us. I I want I want everyone and anyone and the best of everyone and anyone. And so, 
you know, he doesn't even blink when he goes from, you know, a mountain to an aquatic fight, you know, (laughs) it's, it's just, it's just natural. Like he has that drive and, uh, we've had Gresham on, you know, he, he's been mm-hmm. on a, a couple times and every single time, yeah. I think most recently he was with uh, Davey Richards over the summer. And, um, you know, every single time he gets in and out of our ring, we're just got to pick our jaws up off the floor. Yeah. Um, and so uh, this, this is going to be, it, it's a completely different type of challenge for Trey. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is just as big, if not a, a bigger hill to climb, you know, uh, metaphorically here in, in Gresham, uh, especially coming right off of the, uh, the match with Jake something. I mean, it's, it's, it's totally different, but that's what he wants. That's what he keeps telling us. Give me anyone and everyone, anytime I'll be there. Yeah. Fearless. We lost Steve for a second. He might be, he might be coming back, but I'm not sure. Uh, uh, what, what, uh, what match out of what I just said, full card, um, it's at warriorwrestling.net if you want to see the whole thing. They got awesome graphics up there. A lot of a lot to take in. Take your time on there, click around. Um, what are what are you most excited? What are, what are you most excited about? Did you have your hand in, in any kind of any of this matchmaking that was going on? There? Yeah, let, let me rephrase that question just a little bit. You know, <laughs> after the show, when you and Steve sit down and watch the show again, what is one match that you know you want to watch? Uh, I'm so as far as like watching closely, you know, because mm-hmm. being uh, in, in the arena and back and forth and I'm backstage for a good portion of the show, I don't get to see a lot of it close right. up. Um, so the match that I think I'm I'm really looking forward to watching with like that close up camera angle and being able to pick up on all of the little amazing things that are going to happen. Um, Davey versus Ace, I think, is is going to be one that hey, Steve's back. Um <laughs> It, it, that's going to be one that I know in the moment I will not be able to fully appreciate if that makes sense. Like uh, e- even if I'm standing at gorilla watching the match, yeah. I'm not going to be able to fully appreciate everything that those guys are doing. And um, that, so personally, that's one that I'm, I'm going to enjoy being able to watch, uh, you know, on the, the camera on, on screen. I mean, uh, after the fact, um, but as far as, you know, in person, I think my favorite, I, I I love I love lucha and I I love lamp I love lucha I love I love this lucha like the the this the the combination of Ray Oris who we've worked with before but not for a while um, with our, our our champ and and our our favorite lucha in in, in Gringo and, and the three of them just going absolutely nuts um, I think that. In, in, a, in a card that doesn't have a lot of that style of wrestling, I think that that match could steal the show. Yeah. Ray Horace is part of my my vocal warm-up before episode. Ray Horace, Black Taurus. Ray Horace, Black Taurus. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Um, Steve, well, but by I, the end of this match, both of those guys will have uh, wrestled for that that Lucha title. Uh, Black mm-hmm. Taurus was, was amazing in that uh, War of Attrition back at the beginning of the summer. Yeah, absolutely. Um Steve, I saw your eyes very fixated on your computer and then you went away. Did you click the wrong button? No. So you guys all went blank. And then I was hearing bits of your audio. And so I know from Zoom experience, when that happens, it's me. And so Uh, I quickly, I was trying to tell you guys in the chat, like, I'm freezing. I might get kicked off. And then I was kicked off. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah. No, I have that. Yeah. The internet connection unstable. No worries. So the question that we just asked Eric was, um, and you, I guess you could say the main event if you if you want, but uh, 
the match you're most excited for on this card. And by most excited, I mean like you can't watch it during, but on your on your playback, you know, yeah. like what's the one like? Okay, I gotta make sure I gotta watch this match. You watch the whole card, and, I, and all matches are cool, but. Yeah, I will say this live, as Eric just alluded to, nothing tops Lucha. Like just the energy of Lucha Live. Sure. Yeah. The matches that I enjoy more on playback are the ones that aren't as flashy for the live crowd. So, for example, Gresham and Trey is going to be unbelievable. Shelly yeah. and um, uh, Casey is going to be unbelievable. A live crowd might not go insane for a reverse wrist lock, but when you watch it on your TV and you see the incredible technique they used, that I appreciate more watching back. So yeah. one of those two, I will think on video is the best match of the night. But right. being there live, it's either going to be Luchadors flying or Davy Richards and Ace Austin kicking each other's heads into the third row. <laughs> I know I agree because the camera cameras Christian's just shaking his head in dis- and just like, I, I agree. This I, keep, may. I keep scrolling up and down this this, this you know warriorwrestling.net and I'm like, can I decide what is the match that I want to see? Like, like sure live. And, and, you know, you guys convinced me, yes, live Lucha, leave it a match, like, great. Like, I'll watch that. But if I was to go back and watch the show, I'm like, I don't know if I can, because I'm like, I like the Sam Adonis, Adonis and Moose pairing. Like, I, I want to see that. But then I also want to see Josh Alexander and Tankman go at it. But at the same time, I'm like, oh, shit, the Gresham match. And then I'm like, oh, well, Lucha Laney is on the card. And it's like. Well, you know, here we are again, another war wrestling show where I can decide what I what I'm going to like. But uh, before we started recording, this is what exactly what Charlie and I were talking about. Like, it truly is a wrestling buffet. Yeah, every and single time you guys have that every single time. But like, I think you guys have a true you guys have a consistent identity to your cards, I think. And I think that I, I think that's a really good thing. I'm not and that's not like. It's not like, oh, it's the same thing every time because it's not. But I, I think you guys definitely have like, I, I know the puzzle pieces and you know where to put them, if that makes sense. I And they're clearly labeled, right? Because you guys are teachers and are organized. This piece goes here, this goes there. Oh, they're color coded, yeah. I, yeah, color coded. It might not look like that behind the scenes, but I feel like I look at this poster. I'm like, okay, yeah, there's the big Haas fight. There's the, and I can like kind of see all your fingerprints on, on them, if that makes sense. I would, I would totally agree with that. I think that, you know, like you said, we kind of like know what what we are and i think it's no, what we are is we're just we're just steve and eric like at, at the end of the day we we book the matches that we would mark out for um yeah you know and and i think that um that's part of probably part of that consistency that you you're kind of talking about um is that you know we if if we if we are interested in it, if that's if that's something that we're like, what would we go if this match were at another promotion or was in you know Indianapolis? Like, what would make us want to make that? Excuse me, make that drive, take that time, invest in that in that show and in that match, and um, we just try and do that roughly eight to ten times <laughs> every show, and and we always part of this is just where 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 Warrior came from. Um, when we did show one, there was no promise of a show two, right? When we did show two, there was no promise of a show three. Um, it was it, it was one of those things where we had to go all out every time, mm-hmm. and um, and and we, we kind of our our I guess unspoken motto is has always been if this is the last warrior show, did we do everything we could possibly think of that was available to us 
to put on the best show. Yeah. Um, now we've been blessed to be able to make, you know, going on 16 here, but the, the mindset, the mentality hasn't changed. We, we go into every show literally saying, if this is the last show, you know, will we sleep soundly at the end of the night, knowing that we did, we put on the best possible show with the best possible talent available to us on that night. And, uh, you know, no, no regrets. No regrets. <laughs> <laughs> You're like the Bears offense. You finally found an identity. Watch out. That that hurts. Ouch. <laughs> I feel like we're I mean No, no, you're not. No, not in terms of production are you the Bears <laughs> offense. Just in that you finally not and you've had it guys had an identity, but that was a that was a bad comparison. I was trying to get in a Bears Packers dig. Just <laughs> let me have something, geez, will you? Well, I mean, if we wanted to, you could have the, the Packers have been in the, the NFC championship each of the last couple years. I mean, like mm-hmm. there's there's other consistency references right. you could have made for that matchup. Yeah, I mean, that's like a game that really everyone forgets because it's not the Super Bowl. So, I mean, yeah, it's, uh, <laughs> it's not super. Not I, just, I, usually for, <laughs> I usually forget it because like I know I just know going into the game that that's probably our last game of the season. Yeah. Um, and, and I enjoy it for what it is. No, no, no. That's true. You have been, you guys have been very consistent in that. Um, but uh, yeah, the the reference I was trying to make is that I think the the bear. I, I think I know what this Bears offense is going to do now. Hopefully, and then like when you see a Warrior card, it's like okay, I know what this is going to be, and I enjoy it. And here are all the here are all the pieces. Here's where your left tackle lines up. Here's where your quarterback lines up. Like et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So it's a it's uh, I think it's a compliment. You guys are, you guys know who you are and you're doing your thing. Well, I, um, I appreciate that. I think Eric and I have talked about this a little bit. You know, if you list 20 major independent wrestling programs or promotions, we can pick one and describe its flavor. It's like, yes, you, yeah, that's a good one. You have a chip, flavor. There's Rocky mm-hmm. road. Yeah. There is a flavor to what we do. And part of it isn't some of it's by design, but some of it just comes out naturally in who we are and what we like. And I'm sure if you talk to 20 promoters, it would all be the same thing. Like promoter X wouldn't say, I set out to have my shows be this way thematically, but they just come out with what that promoter likes and and wants to see and believes in. And for us, our likes come out in these. There's a lot of great talent that we don't book, not because they're not great, but because it doesn't fit what we like. And and this really is what we like. Like Eric said, this is what we would drive to see. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Exactly. It's a fraction of yourself. A good one at that. Um, we're wrestling.net. Um, that's where you can buy tickets. Uh, anything logistically that you, you want to point out uh, before well, I think we do final thoughts or take it home? Yeah. So this fan fest is different than all the other ones. It's three yeah. hours long. And, and, and a couple of the totally logistical reason for that is that that's the, the chunks that Brett works in. So Brett will come in for three hours. That's what he wants to do. And he didn't okay. want to break it up and do different things. He's like, he just wants to meet people for three hours. He just wants to meet. Sure. Fans. And so sure. we said, all right, we'll make the fan fest twice as long as normal. And Brett can meet tons of fans. And so um, that's a little bit different than normal. But like we said earlier, we wanted to break it up. So on the Jumbotron in the gym, we're going to have for the first hour, some of Brett's greatest matches, not necessarily his most famous matches. Uh, we kind of curated it the last few days. Some great Brett matches to watch as you're waiting to meet Brett. You get to watch a wrestling ring be built. You get to watch some live matches. There'll be some other giveaways and surprises and things like that. So the first three hours that, that afternoon is just hanging out. It's just, it, it's a wrestling festival. Yeah. And then you get your concessions, you settle in, and then there's going to be a kick-ass show. So we, we really hope people are coming for the day and, and coming to enjoy themselves and celebrate wrestling. 
you know, yeah. we're, we're adding all these little wrinkles. We have a cookie vendor now who's coming and she does wrestling specific cookies. So there's going to be warrior cookies and Bret Hart cookies and like all of these little things that just make it more and more of a festival. So come join us, everybody. Custom shirts for this event. Yes. Yeah, and, and, limited, and the title, the titles are still on sale, huh? Yeah, we still got some foam belts left too. Wow. And also, just to clarify, it's not just Brett at the Fan Fest. The other, like, 26 wrestlers from the rest of the card are also going to be there. Not for the full three hours, because like Steve said, there are other things that are happening throughout the the event. But our regular Fan Fest uh, experience is still intact within this larger, kind of expanded um, Fan Fest. So, you know, you still get to check in with Sam, and you still get to, you know, say hi to KC, and you still get to... Um, you know, you meet Buddy Matthews, you know, all, all that stuff is still is still rolled in there. It's just right. all of those extra things that Steve was talking about, like on top, like the whipped cream and the cherry and the, right. the peanuts and the sprinkles. Yeah. I, I just want to see, I don't know if you guys are huge Brett Marks. I mean, I, I, I like Brett. I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm a Brett Mark. Um, I just want to see GPA. I'm assuming he's going to be there because he is a heat that is his number one wrestler through <laughs> and through. So I'm just looking yeah. forward to that interaction. So if you can, wherever that takes place, if someone can snipe that interaction for me or like, <laughs> like, and it just, just please do that for me. Thank you. He has, he has reached out to me. Um, Robert, <laughs> e- yeah. Robert Ego Anthony who's usually on our shows. He's running a Berwyn show that night, but he's going to come to our fan fest first. I have talked to no less than four guys on our main card okay. who have either told me I'm so excited to meet Brett. I'm bringing my Brett, whatever, yeah. or like, 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 when can I talk to Brett? Like, when, like, can I go up while the fa- like, what, when can, ah, can I meet Brett? Like, and these are, <laughs> these are the badass wrestlers on the card. So there are a lot of people that fall into that boat. Okay. And a lot of them are just like excited and, and honored. Like the, one of the things that I keep hearing is like, I can't believe I get to wrestle in front of Brett. Like, you, you know, the, the idea to do what you love in front of somebody that was so probably, I mean, so instrumental in getting you into this in the first place. Right. Um, and, and then to, to kind of have that come full circle uh, is, is one of those things that um, is, is just really cool too. Awesome. Um, cool. Yeah. That, thank you for that. Uh, that explanation of the fan fest. I really appreciate it, but yeah, I mean, I don't have any more questions for these gentlemen. I don't know if you do Chris. I don't, I mean, I could keep asking away, but just looking at this card, I was just like, let's let's just get to the weekend. Like, I'm I'm super excited. Um, you know, I've even considered buying a replica belt just, you know, to have Brett sign it. But you know, like I have a Funko. Like that's that's all I need. Um, I'm I mean, once I saw like the pink strikes, and then they, like you guys were like hinting towards it. I'm like, it has to be Brett. It has to be Brett. Once you announced it. You know, I was extremely excited, but then you just like, yeah, forget Brett. Look at this card. And it's like, well, you know, got the best of both worlds. So I'm super excited. Again, congrats to the 16 shows. Yeah. It's, you know, like you said, you didn't know if Warrior 2 was going to happen in 3 and 4 and so on. But now we're looking forward to the next show. So, you know, thank you for putting, you know, these dream cards together. And, and I'm sure, you know, who, you know, anybody that goes to those meet and greets, you know, know the experience, uh, you know, all these wrestlers take their time and, you know, are super nice to everyone. Like I, I've been there several times and even during COVID times, like people were having such a blast out there in the stadiums. 
now going back into somewhat of normalcy back indoors. Um, I don't see that changing. So, you know, look, just looking forward to it. That's all. Us too. We love this. <laughs> I can Absolutely. tell. Yeah. All right, Chris, you can take us home then. If you, if you didn't want to do the outro, you uh, civil war, first, sure. of um, you know, you know, did, did, did we talk about uh, the social media handles for warrior wrestling? I mean, we mentioned warriorwrestling.net. Uh, we mentioned warriorwrestling.net. I think. Yeah. While you were, uh, I'm sure turned into the little one, maybe. Yeah. You gotta... ran off to uh, kill a spider. Cause Carla had the baby in her hands. Oh, <laughs> that oh. that's something I would have you do for me. If we live together. So and I would not have a child. I, I would not hesitate. I would just be, I would just be afraid. Um, all right. So um, as far as two heels in a face goes, uh, two heels in a face on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. That's number two heels in a face. You can visit our website, two heels in a face dot com. Hopefully our Instagram does not get close because we got a season desist for my uh, Lucha posts. I think um, two. <laughs> no. Um, so I started posting, you know, some some Lucha uh, custom Funkos that that I've had and I included some music like entrance music to these wrestlers and I thought it would be a cool thing but then they're like yeah that's not your music so stop it (laughs) Uh, so hopefully that doesn't count I'm like yes (laughs) sorry my bad Um, but yeah I'll be posting some of those uh, maybe without the music Um, outside of that just make sure you hashtag Viva La Chico hashtag uh, we're past 200 episodes. This is 201. So mm-hmm. looking looking forward to more episodes and looking forward to more uh, Warrior Wrestling shows. Definitely. Thank you guys so much. We, we love doing this. We love seeing you guys. And we're looking forward to Saturday too. And to everybody listening and watching, uh, come out and join us and keep supporting. And let's all celebrate the wrestling buffet. All right. All right. Thank you.